What does it mean to live life on your own terms? And why does that even matter? Living life on your own terms means having purpose and fulfillment to do what matters most. It's important to do this because how you feel about your life and work affects you and everyone around you. You can make this happen by starting today and taking action. Tune into the Dominate Your Market podcast as Brian Gallagher shares how you can live a life full of purpose, freedom, and flexibility. How you can be your own boss and start doing a job you love. Welcome to the Dominate Your Market podcast, where we interview leaders, CEOs, founders, and high-impact business development professionals to get their insights on how you can grow your business efficiently, build an amazing company, and still have a life. Today's guest is Brian Gallagher. Brian refers to himself as a corporate American turned global citizen. I like that, by the way. I would call him a rebel of sorts, which I very much resonate with, and I'm excited to have him on. Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Michael. Pleasure to be here. It was uh, great to come across to your LinkedIn. It, it definitely created a lot of intrigue with me because um, I'm, you know, I, I've been remote, well, my whole life, right? I mean, I've okay. worked for myself, so I've worked off my computer for 25 years. Wow! So, but never international. So when I saw you, saw where you're at, I thought, oh my God, wait a minute, what's this guy doing? He's international, oh. and so, <laughs> so I'm glad to have you on, but. For our, for our listeners that don't know you, give us a background of like where you came from, how you got to where you are now. Sure. So so unlike you, I was not remote for 25 years. I worked in in corporate America for for 11 years. I did two I did two jobs. Uh, one was at Johnson and Johnson for two years, and then I worked in investment banking for nine. And I started to just grow a little tired of kind of just if I can say it in the shortest way possible of being told what to do. I mean, that was probably the easiest, the easiest way to think of it. And I wanted to be out on my own. I wanted to work for myself. Um, a friend of mine approached me about running a fitness studio or opening a fitness studio that he, he had an idea for. Um, and at the time I was already starting to grow tired of my corporate job, growing tired of New York city. I was like, yeah, let's do this. So I, I, I planned to, I planned to leave. We started working on it. I was going to quit. And I got fired 10 days prior. So it was kind of perfect for me to get the studio set up and running. We ran that for a few years. Um, didn't, unfortunately, it didn't work. I really wanted that to be my thing, like to be my career thing. It just didn't, it didn't, unfortunately, it didn't work out that way. Um, I basically retired after that. And by retired, I just mean I traveled around. I had no agenda other than to this one thing, just to work out in the most beautiful places I could find. And I started doing that and I was sharing a bunch of content on Instagram and people started asking me about my lifestyle, where I was going next, how I was just living this way. And that's when the light bulb went off. And I started to think like, wow, I can, I can help people do what I did, um, condense it into a lot shorter time frame than it took me to do it 11 years. And, and when I started hinting at, I was interested in doing this and helping people, I had a couple of clients uh, reach out to me right off the bat or a couple of people reach out to me who then became clients and I was off and running. And that was about, I'd say 14 months ago, probably last, Oh wow, probably last September. I think I had my first two clients. Um, so I've been doing it for a little over a year. So, so very, very recent, very recent. Yeah. That's, you know, it's so interesting because I just got back from an amazing trip to Thailand and it was my first big international trip uh, at age 59. And um, it was incredible. Right. And it just, it, have you ever been to Thailand? I have not. It just opened my eyes up to a whole different world, right? You can imagine, right? And, and, and yeah. some of it not so good, yep. but, but the reflection I was doing on that long flight home was intense. Very, awesome. very intense. I was like, mm, wait a minute here. Wait a minute. So because 
I typically, 99% of my stuff is on Zoom. Yep. Um, and I thought I can really be anywhere, anywhere, anywhere. you know? Anywhere. And now I will say that the time zone difference in Thailand was brutal. Yeah. I did, I did two client calls at 2.30 a.m. 2.30 a.m. Wow. And I was like, oh, I don't like this. Don't like no. this part about it. So That's time tough. zones, and we'll talk about all this too. I, I yeah, want yeah. to kind of really hear about your stuff. But for me, to have you on today, it's so timely because I literally just got back from Thailand, literally Amazing. two days ago. And <laughs> um, it was such an eye-opener. And I think a lot of people are going to leave the corporate world. It's happening already, we know. It's, it's, ma it's massive. And so you are right in the, you're in the mix of a really cool time right now, right? Because yeah, I like to think so. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, even CEOs, CEOs are now quitting their jobs, becoming consultants, advisors, they've mm -hmm. built their networks up. So it's like instant cash for them. Like they can get out on their own and do it. But I want to find out from you when, when people are considering leaving, what are some of the tips you would tell them? Um, to be prepared for before they make that plunge? I, I tend to break it down in terms of three things. So these are like the three biggest areas that I help people work through. It's, it's money. It's having enough money and being financially prepared, um, depending on what your situation is, your responsibilities, any loans you will have, any kind of debt, um, and depending on where you are in life. I mean, if I'm dealing with a 26-year-old single person who doesn't have kids and it doesn't have a house, Easy. That's a lot different than who may also have a bu bunch of debt. That's a lot different from a 45 year old executive who's got a bunch of money in the bank, but has a house and two kids and a, and a, and a spouse. Um, so the first one is money, figuring out your individual situation. Okay. Second one is work, figuring out what they're going to do next and how they arrive at what that thing is going to be. And and what I like to do is help them figure out what it is for them specifically that they will enjoy doing, that they have a skill in or a skill that mm. they can learn relatively quickly. And it's something that they're interested in. And maybe ideally they have an experience that kind of helps them tie to someone else in a stronger sort of bond. So maybe there is something like, I could use me for example, somebody, they could help people move abroad. They could help people train for the first marathon. They could help people overcome an illness. So looking back through those things and really coming up with an individualized, customized business plan. Basically, the idea is to be able to help you get your first client when we're done, when we're done a program um, and helping people figure out what that thing is. I don't go through and just do, hey, I'm going to teach you how to drop ship or I'm going to teach you how to yeah. trade crypto, like none of that stuff. Um, this is figuring out what you are uniquely qualified to do. And the, and the third one, to, to, to take it back to the outline, is is mindset. A lot of it's just fear and it, the fear that comes back to those first two things. Like, what am I going to do for money? And, and, and how am I going to support myself if there's any kind of disruptions in my paycheck? And again, that comes down to where you are in your life. Some people can handle, some people can handle 10 years of, of, a, of a disruption in their paycheck. Other people, if they don't get a paycheck next week, they're going to struggle to pay the rent. So really kind of figuring out um, where you fall on that spectrum. And then we come up with a plan together to figure out what you're going to do. And again, the timing is, is again, dependent on your, your starting point. If, if you're saddled with student loans, it might take you three years to get out. But if you are, you're an executive who's got six figures in the bank, you could leave next week. You know, it's kind of figuring out where you are and then helping that person get to a plan and, and coaching them through and being there for them for accountability. And, and just a lot of times it's just an ear, you know, I'm not giving yeah. them ideas. I'm pulling ideas out of them. 
I'm pull, I'm asking the right questions at the right time and helping them come up with a customized roadmap to get them on their way. Yeah, that, that's awesome. You know, I want to go back to like when you mentioned Instagram. So uh, I'm a big social media guy. I'm not sure. big, but but I'm a, I'm a marketer, right? So I got to be yeah. on all the platforms. Uh, yeah. Instagram, I kind of left about six months ago. Um, I was damaged from, you'll laugh at this because we're both fitness guys. Yeah. So I followed all these fitness women, right? I'm a single man, right? Yep. And the amount of thirst traps these women were doing, I was mm. like, I'm done. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, these are married women. These yeah. are women that are 50 years old. Hey, they look great. Good for yeah. you. Good for you. But I don't need to get on my feed and literally see boobs in my face or an ass in my face or, you know, yeah. half naked. Right. I mean, and, and some of these women were mothers of children. Yeah. So, so I, I got very damaged with Instagram. Okay. Um, uh, damaged in a way I don't want to deal with it. Right. But I'm on yeah. Instagram and I will check out yours, by the way. But my question to you is this. So um, in preparation for my Thailand trip, I watched all these uh, YouTube bloggers. Thailand, 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 all this stuff, right? Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of videos. Well, these guys are 25, 28, you know, very young. For, for, and you're in your 50s, right? I'm 42. 40, um, my bad. I thought you were in your no. 50s. But, anyways, okay. no. but anyways, so I, I think, how do these guys do it? How are they doing it, right? They're traveling the world, staying in nice places. I, they don't really ever mention their, how they make their money. So I've always been very skeptical to see these people that are all over the world at in their mid twenties. Yeah. So like, what do you have to say about that? I mean, obviously, if they're doing it, somebody's paying for it. Sure. But I look if at they, it and I go, "What the hell?" If they have a large enough of an audience, I'm sure they are. They can get a lot of the stuff covered for them for themselves, yeah. like through through sponsorships. YouTube, I know, pays a lot once you get past a yeah. certain number of subscribers and viewers, like. Those guys can make a couple hundred thousand dollars a year and also get get paid to do sponsorships like, to, 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 yeah, to stay in the hotels, get I mean, all that stuff. I mean, so there yeah. are a number of people that are legitimately doing it. It didn't make sense to me. It's like, how are they getting paid for views? How are they getting ads? How are oh, they getting all this stuff? But a lot of them can do it. Now, I'm sure a lot of them either are maybe have money to start if they don't have a big enough audience to do it. I mean, I've got to imagine that's how a lot of them do it if they have a very small audience. But I mean, if you've got a couple hundred thousand YouTube subscribers, I mean, you're probably getting paid enough to, yeah. to do that on your own. I mean, even taking it to Instagram or, or, um, or any of those platforms too. I mean, I have friends that were, that had 40, 50,000 followers and were making well in the six figures just through wow. brand deals. So, I mean, there, there are ways to do it. Um, I'm sure a lot of them, or I, I don't want to say a lot, I'm sure some of them, have money or come for money or for money. something yeah. along. Yeah. Something along those lines. But yeah, it was, it's, it's a little, you think about, I think about when I, back when I was 25 and I didn't come for money, it came from a very, very blue, blue collar, middle-class um, family and upbringing. And while we, I didn't, I didn't long for anything. We didn't have a ton of money. Um, and my dad did, my mom and dad did what they could to put me, put me through college. They paid for a portion of my college, but I had loans when I came out and I paid those back. And I, I think I paid them back at maybe 27. I think I had $40,000 worth of loans when I came out. Um, and I paid those back in my mid to late twenties. And then I was a little more free. Then you're starting to build the savings, but yeah, it's, it's difficult to see or not difficult, but like you kind of question when you see like a 23 year old, who's a year out of college, how are they traveling over the world for six months nonstop? It's like, wow. Okay. They, they knew something that I didn't know back then, or they had something that I didn't have back then, but 
Yeah, that's um, funny. That's funny. Yeah. Okay, so here's a question for you. Because yeah. my listeners are CEOs and sure. leaders of companies, um, we, we don't want to talk a lot about how to leave a company because sure. they're going to be like, whoa, <laughs> wait a minute. But but I think we can turn this around a little bit and say, how can these leaders keep highly valuable people? You quit. So many people, are, you know, we've got quiet quitting, the great resignation. We've got all this happening. And I don't think it's going away. I think it's probably going to go. I think it's going to trend up still. I so, think in certain industries, you're right. Um, I know I know the industry I was in. I, I don't I don't see it happening so easily. I was in investment banking. It's a very demanding, very stressful, very fast paced. Everybody wants things yesterday kind of environment. Yep. Um, I don't see that being one that's going to go remote. Now, my job prior to that, maybe, but there are a lot of meetings and there are a lot of in-person stuff and everything is going Zoom. And I know I've talked to people too, who are managers and, and CEOs, and a lot of them are not happy that they lose a good part of the kind of the teamwork element if everybody yes. is remote. Um, but then I've talked to people on the other hand, who they've worked at a company for three years and they never met anyone in person. Like, it really runs the gamut here. I don't think it's going away. I think there might no. be a little bit of a push to make a little more of a regular office schedule for some. So the way I look at it now is there's basically almost a four day work week. This almost pared down oh, to yeah, a four yeah. day work week, like Friday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is the majority of when people go to the office. Monday is kind of like, I'm going to work from home. And Friday seems to be with, and this is just anecdotally, this is not through yeah, any yeah. sort of data or research anecdotally, it's like, yeah, Fridays, you know, I'll log in, I'll do some work, whatever. But it seems like we've already kind of whittled down to a four day work week. Now, I don't see that. I, I see that going to continue. But what I see now is maybe there's enough of a, of a freedom element that's been introduced that this is enough to kind of calm the masses for right now, you know, mm. going from five days in the office where you have to show up every day, and feeling the drag of that and feeling like people will say prison-like, like they have to go somewhere every day, they have to wear certain clothes, they have to do certain things. They've gotten a huge bump of freedom in the past two years. Yep. Whether or not, I mean, the good and the bad that came out of COVID, I mean, part of it is like office workers got a ton of freedom. Now, I think that's enough to kind of calm their worries about a corporate job or working 30, 40 years in a job they don't like. I think that's enough to calm it for a bit. Um, I think we'll probably see something else come up in the future where there'll be another push for another little bite of freedom. I don't know what that will be. Who knows? I mean, nobody could, nobody could have guessed we'd be where we are right now. If you asked me this three years ago, it's like, I would, I would have never, no one ever knew that this would happen. Yep. So yep. who knows what will bring the next, the next kind of like um, range of freedom or bite of freedom that people will get. But I think it's enough now to, have people consistently fight for what they see other people getting pretty freely. Yep. There are a lot of companies who are saying, look, we're either going to have to go with this or we're going to lose a lot of people because I can't see too many people. Now, again, outside of industries that I've mentioned that I think yep. it might be kind of harder. I can't see many companies saying you have to be in the office five days a week and no. having all their employees say, sure. Okay. I mean, probably 50, 60, 70% of companies now are in some kind of hybrid situation. Hybrid. You can work from home now. If you're not going to offer work from home, people are going to go somewhere where they can work from home because it's a nice yep. perk. I mean, it's a really yep. nice perk, and even if you only get to do it for a couple of days a week, and you have an hour commute, you have an hour drive, which is like completely wasted oh, time. 
that's, that's four hours a week you get back. And I, and I always say to this, I always say to people who are in that and, and they, they're fighting for remote work. I'm like, keep fighting because that four hours a week could be your workouts for the week. And that oh, is for sure to give you a massive turnaround in, in mental and physical health. I mean, that's, yep. that's more than enough. So it's worth the fight to keep doing this. And I think if, if management is willing to bend and willing to kind of, um, give in to those demands a bit, then they will be able to retain talent. But if not, I mean, I know like a, me, I wouldn't stay. No way. Yeah. No yeah, way. yeah. Or they're going to have to pay a lot more or they have to pay a lot more. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. And, and I think a lot of the leaders are realizing it. And I think also, you know, there's a, you know, there's a lot of buzzwords out there right now, even on LinkedIn. Right. And, and I'm not a big buzzword guy, but no. the work-life balance. Right. So, yeah. so, which is really, it's a, it's a big deal. Right. And so I think now a lot of people are like, you know what, fuck it. Like I'm, the, the job isn't everything to me. Like it's not yeah. everything to me. And, and so I, that, that dovetails into like, even what you do and what you're offering with people is that I think a lot of people are going to explore their options for sure at, at all levels, by the way, C-suite all the way down. Yeah, well, which for is, sure. Which, which I think is, I love that. I love hearing it. Now I am a supporter of companies. That's who I work with, cl you know, clients that have companies. But I think what I, I've had many discussions with CEOs about their culture. And um, this, this, this uh, dictator culture, this, this, you know, you are going to show up, you're going to, the micromanager, right? All of those things. And they're, they have to go away. They, they have literally to. have to go away because people are not going to stick around. So I do like the forcing of the, the, the situation in the workforce where the leaders have to bend or they're not going to have a company. So I do yeah. like that, but I, I want to come back to you now. So if people are considering leaving, what are some, outside of the three, three things you talked about, like what are some of the mistakes people make when they're like, fuck it, I'm out of here. What do you see people doing? And maybe, and maybe they come to you after the fact and they're like, oh shit. What are you seeing out there where people are making some mistakes? A couple of things. I mean, I, I feel like if you are unhappy in, in a corporate job, um, the 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 kind of stress related to that can make you act pretty rashly, right? So maybe they'll go get another job that the other job solves the problem temporarily. But if there's temporarily. a deeper re, deeper reason, now for me, I told you right off the bat, the deeper reason was I was just tired of being told, being told what to do. So yes. if I was sick of my job and I was like, screw it, I'm out of here. I'm going to go get another one that same deep seated reason that I don't want to be there is just going to resurface in six, 12, 18 months. And I just jump from one frying pan into the other without really thinking about what I can do otherwise. And why do I really want to leave? Yeah. It may suck to have a shitty boss and you can avoid that shitty boss, but there's going to be another problem at another company. There's going to be a bad teammate. There's going to be lower pay. There's going to be less vacation. There's going to be shitty benefits. There's going to be something It's like, it's never going to be perfect. Um, but really stopping to figure out why you want to leave and then seeing if there's something you could create for yourself that alleviates that. I didn't want to be told what to do. So I don't answer to anybody now. It's like, I have, I'm, I'm my own boss. I don't even want, I don't even really want a partner just because I kind of want to do things. And that's not because I've had bad experiences with partners. My partner in my fitness studio was absolutely amazing. Like loved working with him. Um, but I just like the idea of being able to run things the way I'd like and to kind of take time off when I want and, and work when I want. And like, I, I like that feeling. And I think if you, you neglect to really dig deep and figure out what that reason is, like maybe, you, maybe your reason is you want to do more impactful work. 
that's a pretty common one, right? People want to do work that they feel is meaningful. I mean, I had that too. It's like, if I just stopped doing my work for two weeks, would anybody give a shit? Would anybody notice? It was like a lot of times now that was in my first job In my second job, I got fired pretty quickly, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but if you, if you want to do more meaningful work and you, you are in a situation where you just dying to leave your job and you go get another one, if you get it stuck in another job, that's not meaningful. You're going to be, you're going to be left with that same stress again. And then in the same situation you were prior and needing to kind of dig deeper and figure out what it is that really the issue is and how can you solve it? Um, I think another issue is, which you don't see too often because people are, this is the biggest fear for people. So they won't leave, they won't leave in a bad financial situation, but they may overestimate uh, or underestimate how long it takes to kind of get something else up and running. Um, I also see that people, I think one thing that I try to help people reframe, and I think people are, are definitely viewing this in a different light now is you could be doing all this stuff. Like I've shared a couple of posts about this. Like, and I've just like listed five or 10 things. And it's like, these are all things you can do while you're at your current job. You can yes. do market research. You can start sharing on social media. You can start talking to potential customers. You can do these while your company foots the bill. And as long as it's not affecting your job, which I mean, <laughs> might be part of the reason I got let go because I was probably putting too much effort into my, my future business when I, my boss is new and kind of let me go. Um, but if you are able to kind of get that legwork started, um, I think that massively cuts down the time it takes you to get from zero to your first client, right? So if you can do all that stuff in the background, depending on your job and, and what the thing is that you want to pursue, like you can start that and do what, I'll, what I call parallel paths. Like you don't have to yeah. quit and then start from square one, square one on something else because could take a lot of time. I mean, we worked on the, we worked on the fitness studio for probably a year, eight to 12 months or something before we were able to like start to make a little bit of money from it. Um, so I think preparing a little beforehand is probably uh, a big one. I think financially is, is obvious. I mean, just making sure you don't have dependents that <laughs> you need money for right away and that no one needs to be told that. Um, I think it's just kind of helping them figure out that you can do this too. There are ways to do it. You can find something that people will pay you to do that you are good at. And a lot of times I find out, I've had a few clients tell us to me, it's like, I just, I almost wanted you to tell me that it was okay. Like that this was going to be okay. Yes. So a lot yes. of times it's like, it's just, you just want a little, you just want somebody to, to kind of, I don't want to say validate, but like approve, you know, like yep. you're going to, you're going to get a lot of people that are going to, that are going to not approve. They're going to disapprove. Like, you're, you're leaving this job to go start something on your own. Like you're crazy. I'm like, well, am I, I mean, I'm going to do this for another 25 years and be unhappy. Like, is that really that crazy? Um, I also think that there is, and there was for me initially, like there's this kind of thing that, I mean, it used to be, it might not be as present with the younger generation now. Um, but like this thing that this kind of stigma or thought or kind of anchoring feeling that you had to stay in the field that you were in. I mean, there yes. are, I, I, I say this all the time on social media too. And, and if whoever follows me long enough, you'll, you'll see this come through in my stuff. It's like your career is one giant experiment. It's like, find, find what it is you like. And the only way you find out what it is you like is by doing different things and different things. I did accounting. I didn't like it. I did finance. I didn't hate it. I did a fitness studio. I loved it, but it wasn't financially viable at the time. Um, so figuring out those things are, will help you get to where you want to go because I couldn't have done any, I, I couldn't have taken out 
any one of those things that I did and end up where I am now. Everything that I bring with me in experience with helping clients do this is all things I've learned from different yep. steps along the way. I mean, everything. It's like you can't take one puzzle piece out and expect mm. everything else to be the same. It's like everything changes. So understanding and accepting that just because you studied something, just because you worked 10 years in something does not mean you have to stay. It just no. doesn't. Stay. Yeah. You know, you know, it's so interesting too, because I think a lot of people I've my whole entire, so the last boss I had, I was 22. Okay. No wow. joke. No joke. Yeah. Yeah. The last, I mean, I just been that guy, the, the guy yeah. that, you know, alpha don't want anybody to tell me what to do. Want to do my own thing. It's I've, my whole entire life. So, so for me, um, the life of an entrepreneur, which, you know, I've seen all the images, sure. right. That show all this crazy yeah. stuff, right. It's never like this. It's never. never. And so I think for a lot of people listening, um, my whole entire life, I've had people say, I, I, I don't know how you do what you do, you know, being on my own and up and down like that stuff. And I'm like, it's, it's just, it's, it's a way of life for me. Right. Yeah. But for, I think a lot of people that are considering leaving, they might want to dip their toes in a tiny little bit because some people are not built for it. They truly are not, right? Because yeah. I've met people that that said, you know, I went out on my own and I just wasn't motivated at this or that, all the different things. And they went crawling back to the corporate life. Yeah. Because it just wasn't a good fit for them, right? From a mindset standpoint, sure. from a motivational standpoint, yeah. you have to be self-motivated to be on your own. Would you agree? Right? I agree. And I think a lot of that comes from just finding something that you want to do. So, So what I mean by that is like, if you're, let's just use a random example. If you're an accountant and you realize after 10 years that you don't like accounting, but you want to break off and you want to be a freelance bookkeeper, like that's a horrible move. You're going to, you're going to feel the same thing. Yep. Plus you're going to be making less money and you got to go find your own clients. That sucks. That's a terrible, terrible. move. Terrible. So like figuring out what it is you want to do and then pursuing that and making sure it's something that you're interested in. I mean, I think that is key. I mean, I, I I don't like to say, and I don't love the advice like follow your passion. I, it's incomplete at yeah, best. Yeah, yeah. It's incomplete at best because, I mean, I have a passion for, I don't know, playing the drums or reading reading certain kind of books, but that's not going to make me any money, um, at least to start. It may take me years. So so follow your passion is incomplete advice, but find something that you are interested in that you have a curiosity in, like that you want to go read about. And I always think vividly back to this one example I had when a, a guy that I was working with, when I was in investor banking, I covered engineering and construction companies. So companies that built bridges and buildings and all stuff. And I remember this guy who was my, who was my managing director, which is the top level role. And he was going away for the weekend and he was going to the beach and he was taking a bunch of reading material with him. And he took a stack of ENR magazines. It's an engineering news record wow, record. It's geez. like a, it's a magazine about the industry. And I'm like, I, I, I looked at him and I looked at what he was reading and I'm like, I'm never, I'm never going to compete with that guy. It's impossible because I will never be able to sit down for longer than two minutes and read anything <laughs> about any of these companies. He will beat me every time in a client pitch. So I have to go, I have to, I have to do something else. And if that curiosity is not there, you are, kind of starting off on the wrong foot. So that's why like when I, when I, when I help people go through this money is number one to make sure they can survive for however long it takes them to get started. Second thing is find what it is you like to do. And we really dig into that and figure out what it is they're interested in that they think they can make a living from, you know? So, and doing, I would recommend doing all this stuff before you leave. If you're, if you're financially, oh, yeah. <laughs> if you're financially able to do it 
with and 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 leave it, it's much better obviously because you are outside of the corporate box it's very hard to think of opportunities outside of that corporate box when you're still in it so if you can do it i mean it's much better i i, I was fortunate i was able to just leave i didn't have anything else lined up. i mean i had the fitness studio lined up but after that to figure out where i arrive now i didn't have anything lined up i told you i basically went into that retirement mode and and found it but if you are not in a position where you can just take a year off, maybe you have kids, maybe you have a spouse and you have a high mortgage, like you can do this homework before to kind yes. of figure out at least the direction, at least get the direction set. And then there are things you can do to start building upon that. And I think if you, if you, I call it find your intersection, helping people find where their skills, their interests, and their experience all come together, because I believe somewhere around that point, you will find what it is that's your thing that you will like to do that you bring good experience to and that you can connect with people with and you are curious about and you have this kind of desire to be better at it. I think that it's somewhere in that near that intersection. Well, you know, it's interesting because, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, and I'm sure you know him, right? Gary Vee, yeah, of course. very bravado guy. Um, you know, I, I do like him a lot because he does have a lot of very good things to say. And he talks about people having a side hustle um, you know, he says, you know, how many hours do you work? And it, whatever it is, eight, 10, whatever it is. Okay. Well, that still leaves you 14 hours. Right. And he breaks it on down. And he said, you know, if you're unhappy in your job, you got time, yeah. you got oh, time. Yeah. Then you just have to make the commitment to it, to research the things that like you're talking about that maybe you're passionate about, or that you really have a keen interest in. So I think anybody could do it, but I feel like for a lot of people, they they're they're stuck in a rut. They're in that yeah. corporate world, yes. and and they do have the bills and and you know keeping up with the Joneses. You know that was a big thing for me coming back on that airplane from Thailand. You know I have a I have a nice house and I have a nice car and and um, I really thought about it and I thought, what do I want out of my life moving forward? You know, and I knew travel has just bumped right up the list near the top, right away, right away. I thought that's where my money's going from for sure. And I've got to set up my business, which it's already set up for the most part, to work with clients wherever I'm at, right? And, I've, and I'm able to do that for sure. Um, so that's sure. not a big transition. But I think for a lot of people, they, um, they're stuck in that grind. They've got a big nut to cover, commitments, children, whatever it may be. They've got to plot this out. Th this is going to be a, a three or five-year plan or yes. something. I don't think that they can prematurely go, I'm out of here, right? No, most, most can't. And I, I feel that that's... But the other the other thing I will add to that is I, I I can understand how I back to the Gary V point where he's like oh you work eight hours you whatever you have you have you spend ten hours kind of for your job and then you have another six before you need to sleep or another eight before yep. you need to sleep. The problem with that is if you if you're in a pretty stressful job and you're not working eight hours you're working 10, 12, 14 hours like I was it was like man I was working every night I was going in the office at nine I was working till eleven p.m. every night oh, for the first two or three geez. years of my job. So when the hell am I going to go figure out what else That's I want to crazy. do? The weekends were pretty much guaranteed to work at least 10 hours every weekend. So Jeez. it's like, where, where was I going to find the time to do this? And, and I, so I, I, I can empathize with that where it's like, well, yeah, I'm, I, I, I want to do that, but I'm kind of beat up when I get home from work. And now all I can do is sit and eat dinner and watch Netflix and go to bed and do it all over again. And I, I get that. So I do understand that. And it is difficult to do that. Um, and again, I, I think it, it, it comes down to how much you can, how much you can kind of keep your job within a set boundary or within set bands of your time. So the way, the way I was doing it near the end of my career was like what I was calling the path of least resistance. 
I wasn't sticking my head up too high to get any projects. I wasn't doing poor work. I was doing just enough to stay. Right. And I clearly didn't do a good enough job because I got let go anyway, but, but doing just enough to be able to stay there, to give yourself the time and not only time, but it's the, it's the energy and the mental capacity. Because if you're at a job where you're getting your ass kicked all day for 12 hours, I mean, the last thing you want to do is come home and do market research on something. It's like, no, no no way. It's tough. It's really tough. But the way the what I, what I would say about kind of the people that I do work with and, and my whole intention when I was starting to do this was, these are things that I wish I knew when I was 25, when I was entering into that corporate world, because if I had gone in with a plan like this, I would have saved a lot more money and I saved oh, yeah. a good amount of money. I didn't spend stupidly. I didn't buy a home. I didn't buy a car. I still don't have a home and I still don't have a car because I'm like you. Yeah. I want the cash because I want to go wherever the hell I want, whenever I want. So I will kind of maintain that kind of status or position financially until it's like the absolute time that I have to maybe buy a house. So um, doing that has, has kind of helped me, but I feel like um, yeah, if you're, if you're doing, if you're coming home and you're getting your ass kicked, like it's really, it's really difficult to kind of yes. figure out what else you want to do. So I can, I get it. I, I get that, but I do, I do understand what Gary V is saying, but I, sometimes it's a little, it's a little unrealistic. I feel for certain yeah. people. And, well, and again, sorry. Oh, sorry. What I, what I, what I meant to kind of, I tailed off a bit there, but I would have had a more, a more structured, concrete, tighter plan. And that's what I want to give to people. Like, Hey, I want to catch you when you're 25, because if you are doing a job that you only chose for money, which is what I did. And which is a lot, which is what a lot of people do. You will tire of it. I don't yep. care. You will. I don't know when it will be. It may be when you're 26. It may be when you're 36 It may be when you're 40, but you will tire of it. Yep. And then you have two options, right? It's either I'm prepared to go do something else so I can leave this job. That's not ideal for me or the, I don't have enough saved. I don't have a plan. The discomfort is not enough for me to go out and try something else. Meaning the discomfort of staying in your job is lesser than the discomfort of trying to do something new and having a payroll disruption. Yep. That make, that's, that's, that's kind of the way I view it. So like if I could get people when they're 25, 26 to have these things in mind, so they are ready when that point comes, that's, that's my, that's my ideal. That's what I would love to be able to do. So your sweet spot is, is, is that kind of the, the mid twenties, late twenties? I, I think so. And that's what I set that's out. That's interesting. That's what I set out to, to help. But what I found is I found a couple of things like they're not quite at the point where a lot of them are not quite at the point where they're like, disc- they're uncomfortable enough in their jobs to yeah, make a yeah. move. Like they're still okay. So, and what I've, what I've, what I've, found more frequently is the older, the older groups. So that's what I would have thought. A lot of people who come to me are in their, in their, in the youngest for the majority. Now this is a majority. I've had a couple of clients that were in their twenties, but majority are in their thirties and forties. So the youngest age, if we start looking at that bell curve is probably in the mid to late thirties where they really like, okay, I need to get out of here now. But I, I, I help to, I wish to help people at least be prepared yeah. At 26, 27, 28, when they, when 35 comes, they've already been doing this. That would be ideal for me. But I realized that the need doesn't arise until <laughs> the need arises, right? If yep. you're not, if you're not comfortable, if you're not uncomfortable, you're not going to pay for a coach to kind of get you ready in case you are uncomfortable. 
Well, you that, know, and, that, that's the way I look at it. Yeah. And, and I, I want to circle back around on one thing and then we're winding down. But yep. when you talked about in your job, like you adjusted enough, right? Like you, you didn't stick your head above to get new yeah. projects. That's quiet quitting. That is literally the yeah. term quiet quitting, right? And I think probably if they if they were to research and, and interview all the people out there, which would be tens of hundreds of millions of people, probably the majority, which is more than 50%, are quiet quitting, right? Yeah. I mean, they're just getting that paycheck. They're just doing it enough to, 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 to not lose the job. So I think a lot of the CEOs that are listening to the podcast even need to understand they got to be realistic. And, and I think part of that would be setting up a new culture. And I don't want to get into culture right now, but, and there's lots of people that do that anyways, but, but I think it's a situation where be open enough to have a very brutal, transparent conversation with every one of your employees of like, where are you at? Where's your mind at? Please be with no fear. Now, I think that might be impossible in some situations. Yes. But, it's I think, difficult. I, I think any employee would be like, yeah, no, 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 no. Right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to shoot myself in the face. <laughs> it's like, right. yeah, because you're going to hand me the slip before I get out the of door. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Of yeah. Course. So no, I would but, never do that. But it made me, it made me think of when you said that, that that is quite quitting. So yeah. I think the CEOs that are listening, it's challenging for them right now. Right. I mean, it's very, yeah. very difficult to keep a company running, to get it growing, to keep it growing when you've got all these, these distractions out there with remote work, hybrid work, yeah. online oh, yeah. jobs, all that stuff. But with that being said, how can people find out about you? Because I do think what you're doing, I think you are, and I'm a marketer, I think you're primed in a situation right now, dude, just because I think so many people are looking at their options, right? Yeah, yeah, so, I think so, so how too, can yeah. People, how can people find out about you, websites, whatever you got, yeah. let us know. Sure. My website is simplemanguide.com. So guide, G-U-I-D. That was a moniker that came throughout my fitness days, but I liked it because it really, it really captured my lifestyle at the time when I started to kind of go into this, go with this direction. Okay. Uh, Instagram, Simple Man Guide, Twitter, Simple Man Guide, LinkedIn. I mean, my full name is Brian Gallagher. Um, and that's, that's how you can find me. You can email Branding. me, and find me through Branding. my website. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Brian, thank you so much, man. This this was interesting because like I said, selfishly, I wanted you on. Yeah. Cause I was like, you. Oh, wait a minute. Where's this guy at? What's he doing? And then we've had a couple of calls and, and we'll stay in touch my friend for yeah, sure. For because, sure. I mean, I'd love to come visit you sometime at some point. Oh, you know? dude, so, I would love that. I would love I'm, that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I definitely know I'm, I'm, I'm headed that way. I'm headed the yeah. way of like, probably Arizona will be an anchor for me six months of the year because yep. I've got kids and I got a new grandchild. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Perfect. Congratulations. Um, yeah, yeah. Thank you. But, but I think the other six months wide open, wide, wide open. open. So, wide so open. I'm so, so happy I've met you. Thank you Likewise. for being on the podcast. Um, I appreciate it. You've just listened to the dominate your market podcast with CEO business consultant and author, Michael Peterson. Growth-minded CEOs hire Michael to explode their revenues, build an amazing company, and create a transformational mindset that encapsulates growth, success, and ultimately, happiness. His book, Dominate Your Market, is creating quite a stir in the marketplace. Go to dominateyourmarketbook.com and get your first chapter free.